It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Sixty minutes of insight and analysis on the Volunteers and Titans. This is the Tennessee Power Hour with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. What a week to discuss football across the great state of Tennessee. Welcome to the Tennessee Power Hour, served by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. Get you some Greenbrier. With Chad Withrow, I'm Jonathan Hutton. This episode, all about Bama and the bye. The Tennessee Volunteers rank sixth in the country. They're host number three, Alabama, this Saturday night. And uh, Chad, the Titans have a, a week off. They're above 500 after winning three straight games, most recently with a goal line interception against Washington. I, I believe Withrow, Saturday afternoon is without question the biggest Tennessee game since LSU in 2001. And it just so happens that the Vols are coming off a massive win on the road in Baton Rouge to serve this up for us on the table. And it's like we planned this whole thing out, that we would start the Tennessee Power Hour, and in the first season, Tennessee would be 5-0 and <laughs> and ranked in the top 10 and have this huge coming out party. And then the Titans, after a disastrous start to the season, would reel off three straight wins and put themselves in good position going into the bye week. So, look, it's a great time to be a Tennessean. It's a great time to talk football in the state of Tennessee. And once again, we'll talk about it in segment two, but Knoxville, Tennessee will be the mecca of college football across the country on Saturday once again, and we're going to be there. So we'll preview all of that. But big takeaway from this past weekend and that performance against LSU is that Tennessee is for real, for real. And they're 5-0. and Look, they're, they're ranked where they are. We, we all know the lofty ranking. But this is no fluke. They're second in the, in the country in scoring at 46.8 points per game. They're first in yardage on the season. Um, they've scored 30-plus points in eight straight games. They're 23rd in the nation in rushing. They're sixth nationally in yards per completion. They're 33rd nationally in third down defense, which is going to be shocking to some. Even more shocking, they're second in the SEC in run defense and red zone defense. And Hendon Hooker is undoubtedly a Heisman Trophy finalist right now as we enter the halfway point of the season. At this point, I'd be shocked if he's not invited to New York City, uh, barring some injury. If he continues on anything approaching this pace, he's at least going to be a finalist in New York. Um, he's also one of three quarterbacks in the country to have not thrown an interception at all this season. Uh, that's obviously going to be tested this upcoming weekend, but that was a real statement on Saturday in Baton Rouge. We talked about it last week, cutting in the preview of that game. I did not expect Tennessee to roll in there and win big. I thought they were going to win close. I thought it was going to be a big challenge seeing that LSU beat a really, really good Mississippi State team there in Baton Rouge, uh, and they were a resilient bunch. But whatever resiliency Brian Kelly and LSU had, Tennessee stole from them. They took their soul on Saturday in that game from the opening kickoff. Uh, so kudos to Josh Heupel on that Tennessee team. It was a well-rounded performance. They, they outcoached them. They were great on offense, even though they didn't finish in the red zone. They were great defensively. And that was a real statement about just how good this Tennessee team is on Saturday. You know, all of the Tennessee quarterbacks have these legacy games. This is one coming up for Hendon Hooker because, and we'll get to the Alabama preview, but I believe that the quarterback that plays the best this coming weekend, assuming Bryce Young plays, is the leader out of the SEC for the Heisman with C.J. Stroud at Ohio State. It's it's either Hooker or Young, and that's coming up in our Bama preview. I, I want to get to LSU first, though, Chad, because this you, you said it right after the game ended to me. That was a statement win for the Vols on the road in Baton Rouge. Why was it such a huge moment for this program? A, a number of reasons. You know, One, uh, I think the scene in Baton Rouge is indicative of this fan base and how they've latched on to this group. Just how many Tennessee fans made the trip. The fact that at the end of the game, when the final clock is ticking down, you're hearing it's great to be a Tennessee Vol chants echo throughout the stadium in Baton Rouge was just amazing. So some of the videos I've seen posted of walking out of the concourse and it's a sea of orange uh, in, at LSU. It's just it's crazy to think about you know the success. LSU won a national championship two years ago with Joe Burrow and one of the greatest offenses and greatest teams we've seen in the history of college football. And then fast forward, uh, not even you know 18 months after Josh Heupel is hired, and Tennessee fans are marching out of Baton Rouge 
after handing Brian Kelly his biggest loss at home as a Power 5 coach. It's truly incredible uh, to, to see just how big it was. But I think from a football perspective, it's the fact that Tennessee's defense stepped up. We know all about the offense, and everyone expects them to score points. At this point, no matter who they're playing, it's a shocker if they don't go in and score 30 points in a game. And they got to 40 in this one. But I think the biggest statement, and we saw this some after the Pitt game, the offense was not great against Pitt. They made a bunch of mistakes in that game with turnovers, special teams error. They had a, a punt block. But the defense did what they had to against a backup quarterback after injuring the starting quarterback. I really thought the same in this game. Tennessee had a great game plan defensively, and they showed. I, I don't think they're a great defense, but I think they can play great. And those are two different things. And I think they showed on Saturday they have the capability of playing great. They were great against the run, uh, filling some gaps there. And, and to your point, briefly, you know, they can play great in like two or three series a game. And that's all they need with this offense, right? They need a couple extra stops than what they got last year. I realize Heifel's not going to say that publicly, but that's what they need this year. They can build on that. You know, they certainly have more, they have higher expectations for that group, but that's what they needed this year and they're getting that so far. Well, and you got to be really, really proficient at something. And what Tennessee's defense is great at is stopping the run. When they held LSU, look at this game. They held LSU to 55 yards on the ground. By the way, Tennessee rushed for 265, which is incredible because LSU's run defense was pretty good yeah. all season. It's a legit SEC front, and they ran all over them. Uh, but on the season, you know, they're allowing 89 yards per game. That's second best in the SEC. They're really good up front. That is a Rodney Garner specialty. Tennessee's defensive line coach can develop some veteran guys in the interior to be really solid players. We saw it a year ago with Matthew Butler, who's now in the NFL. Um, I, we're seeing it now with Amari Thomas in the middle, who's having a great season. So Rodney Garner's a terrific defensive line coach, and that's showing so far this season where Tennessee has been great against the run. And I really think that the defense, my biggest takeaway from this game was how good they were. You know, they they held LSU to Ofer on fourth down. Uh, they made the big stops w when necessary. They were great against the run. They didn't let Jaden Daniels go crazy running the football also, which was a key to this game. I thought they were very fundamentally sound. Their tackling on the outside with the secondary was much better in this game than it was against Florida in other games this season. They still have some problems on angles, specifically the linebackers. Jeremy Banks, I think, has had a big issue with that all season. But I really thought top to bottom, it was a terrific game plan and great execution of that game plan defensively on Saturday. So, I mean, there are other offenses in the SEC that can throw the football. I think those offenses will have to take chances on fourth down to keep up with Tennessee's offense. Alabama and Georgia don't necessarily have to do that. So my question to you on that with their defensive performance that we've seen, is that sustainable? Or are you worried when you get to the upper echelon weeks like this week that the throwing quarterbacks, the accurate quarterbacks can pick this secondary apart? Well, and in our next segment, when we talk Bama, I've got some stats from last year's games that should be very concerning for Tennessee defensively. And I think you hit on something there, Hutton, that's key about this team. Expect the other team to go for it on fourth down. Th that's what we're learning now. This is the game plan against Tennessee. If it's fourth in anything less than six or seven yards, teams are going to go for it against Tennessee because they just feel like, well, they're either going to score in 35 seconds or a minute and 35 seconds. So we might as well go for it and keep this drive going. Not, It's not a statement of confidence in the offense. I think it's a lack of confidence in being able to stop Josh Heupel's offense at this point from what we've seen with other teams. So we saw that with Brian Kelly. He really got out of character in that game with when he was going for it and made a couple of really bad decisions to go for it on fourth down where I didn't think it was necessary at that point, specifically late in the second quarter when it's a 13-point game. They had just scored a touchdown. It's well within reach at that point. And then to go for it on fourth down, give Tennessee a chance to kick that field goal in the half, I thought was a real backbreaker for LSU. But that's what this offense does to your decision-making. It makes you act rash at times. And to go for it on fourth when otherwise you wouldn't, we saw that a bunch on Saturday. I would expect to see that moving forward, but I agree with you. I don't think we see it against Alabama or Georgia because those two coaches know that their defense is capable of stopping Tennessee. So they're not gonna they're not gonna act crazy. Let's go rapid fire here as we wrap up segment one. Two offensive questions, and the first one's presented by Brad Lampley. The offensive line, Chad, deserves a big point of emphasis here for what they were able to do at the line of scrimmage. Well, Brad Lampley with a good question, and he knows offensive line play. Uh, I was blown away. Uh, you, you keep in mind, you know, all the talk was about Will Campbell, the left tackle for LSU being out in the hospital with dehydration. Tennessee was, at, was without Gerald Mincy, who's their starting left tackle also. And J.J. Crawford filled in, and they did not miss a beat. I don't think there's a big drop-off between Mincy and Crawford, and we saw that on Saturday. 
but protection was really good. They had the one blown assignment with a freshman running back in the game and Dylan Sampson where Hinton Hooker doesn't see the guy coming free at him, and it's a fumble. Luckily, Tennessee recovered the fumble, but it got their quarterback lit up. Other than that, Hutton, 265 on the ground in this game. Good protection for Hinton Hooker. That offensive line deserves a, a lot of credit, and they're developing some good de- depth. You mentioned you know, Brad Lampley, his son Jackson, a good depth piece. Yes. There's a lot of good backups on this line, too, that can give, the, give those starters a break. And depth at wide receiver. They have a three-headed monster there now, and – in, in thinking about what they've been able to develop with Cedric Tillman not available and that he has a likely chance of returning, this this was the circled date, right? What, what do you make of the, the wide receiver play without him, and what does it mean to get him back if they can? Well, a true three-headed monster. And Ramel Keaton has been terrific and had the great catch, the highlight reel catch, maybe the catch of the year against Florida. So I'm not taking anything away from him. But the big three is Brew McCoy, Jalen Hyatt, and Cedric Tillman when he returns, which should be this Saturday. And what this absence from Tillman has done, has it's highlighted, highlighted Jalen Hyatt, who had an, another great touchdown catch on Saturday. It's highlighted Brew McCoy. And the great thing about these receivers, they're all very different. Uh, I would say Tillman and McCoy are the most similar in terms of their strength and ability to high point the ball. But Jalen Hyatt is more of just a long speed guy in the slot. I, I think all three of these guys really complement each other well. And it's pick your poison. You know, go double team or shade your secondary to one side at your own risk. Because any one of these three guys can destroy you in a game and can go for over 200 yards on any given Saturday. So Tennessee's got a real weapon with those three guys. Not any given Saturday this week. It's the third Saturday in October. In Knoxville, Tennessee, and Alabama. We preview the matchup next on the Tennessee Power Hour served by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. The Tennessee Power Hour. Get Chad Withrow's breakdown of this week's big orange matchup next. Cheers, Hunt. Cheers, Withrow. And cheers to brothers Andy and Charlie Nelson. After a chance encounter, they dedicated their lives to resurrecting the family business. Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery. And what they found is that whiskey runs in their blood. Made in Nashville, Tennessee, Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey is a taste of home with the real Nashville story. Head to greenbriardistillery.com for cocktail recipes and more info. Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey and Nelson Brothers bourbon now available throughout the great state of Tennessee. So ask for it at your favorite store. Get you some Greenbrier. Nelson's Greenbrier reminds you to drink responsibly. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, 45.5% alcohol by volume. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside Nashville. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. They've been locally owned since 1983, and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right, and you'll always get the best price. I know because my family has been buying from them for years. So call Two Rivers Ford today at toll-free 800-900-1000. Hello, Tennessee Power Hour listeners. My name is Hunter Briley, and I am with Regal Realty Group. And my name is Richard Van Clive. I'm also with Regal Realty Group. And we are great friends that treat our clients like great friends, because that's how we want to be treated. We are also born and raised here in Middle Tennessee and support our local team. And with an economy that's affecting everything except the real estate market, it's important to do business with friends that can tell you what's what. From contract to closing, everything in between we have you covered go to regalrg.com to get started and happy football season hey it's hutton if you're in need of catering from big events to your weekend family gathering my friends at edley's barbecue have you covered they've been voted nashville's best barbecue four years in a row but i vouch for their nashville style barbecue far longer from corporate meetings to box lunches to weddings rehearsal dinners and holiday gatherings your neighborhood edley's barbecue location is where to turn edley's is a tribute to all things southern and authentic to all things tennessee nashville style barbecue edley's barbecue Order at edleysbbq.com. From Nashville to Knoxville, Vols news and analysis on the Tennessee Power Hour. The Tennessee Power Hour served by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. Get you some Greenbrier. Our preview continues for Tennessee and Alabama with Chad Withrow. I'm Jonathan Hutton. And every week at this time when we talk Vols and we preview the opponent, Chad, our our great friends at Regal Realty Group serve this up for us as we get ready for Saturday. Hey, how great of friends are these guys to us? Hunter Briley is going to be in Knoxville with us this weekend. He's going to be taking in the action. He's a Vols fan. He's a Titans fan. 
He supports local teams. He'll be in Knoxville, uh, probably waving a pom-pom and singing Rocky Top and doing the woo and everything else uh, over the weekend. So we're going to have a lot of fun with Hunter. You're going to have a lot of fun with the experience working with Regal Realty. Vol segment presented by Regal Realty Group. And I'm pumped that these guys have jumped on board. We can't do the show without our great sponsors. I've known Hunter Briley and Richard Van Clive and those guys. I've known them for years. And what you're going to find out about them is working with Regal Realty Group. These guys and their agents, they're good people. We all want to work with good people. We all want them in our network. We want someone to get back to us quickly. We want someone to help us throughout the process. So if you're looking to buy or sell your house, Regal Realty Group will help you from contract to closing and everything in between. Let them do the heavy lifting and make it easy for you. Hunter Briley's got broad shoulders. Let him do the lifting for you. Hit him up over at RegalRG.com. Chad, set the scene for me. I have not been to a Tennessee-Alabama game in Knoxville. I, I can't wait for this weekend. We're going to be there. And yeah, it's, I mean, Knoxville's going to be on fire, win or lose, and well before kickoff. So let me let me take you back a little bit uh, here through my my history of, of Neyland Stadium. My first ever Tennessee-Alabama game uh, was in 1996 uh, when Tennessee and Jay Graham, I believe I can still remember the score. I was 14, and Tennessee won 20-13 to 13 on a 90-yard run, I believe it was, by Jay Graham and a touchdown. And it was raining that day in Knoxville. Um, that was back when Tennessee-Alabama was competitive. And that was back when every year you didn't know what was going to happen, right? This was a year removed from the coming out party for Peyton Manning in 95, where they blow out Alabama 41 to 14. That ended a one streak. And then that started the next streak for Tennessee. Uh, 2000, I was there as a freshman in college when Casey Clawson, as a true freshman, beat Alabama and became a legend that day. I believe in his first ever start as Tennessee's quarterback as a freshman. Uh, and it wasn't a very good Alabama team, but it was a win over Alabama, which is always a big deal for Tennessee. 2006, I was in Neyland Stadium the last time Tennessee beat Alabama, which was many years ago before Nick Saban was the coach. Mike Shula was the head coach that day, and Tennessee won a close game with Eric Ainge as quarterback. Tennessee hasn't beaten Alabama since Nick Saban took over. Um, and there's a lot of people who don't beat Nick Saban and don't beat Alabama, obviously. But what this Saturday means to me is an actual feeling that you're not stepping into a slaughter that you're not stepping into an unwinnable situation. That's the first time in a long time. I felt like the game a year ago, hey, Tennessee's got a puncher's chance to put up some points. But the way they played in that game, and you go back and look at the final score and it doesn't look close, but it's a seven-point game in the fourth quarter, gave me a little bit of hope that maybe there was more ahead for Tennessee versus Alabama in this series. And Hutton, college game day is going to be there for the second time in three weeks. People are arriving to town on Wednesday of this week to get ready and party throughout the weekend. It is going to be quite the scene. The leaves are changing colors to crimson and orange. All of that hokey stuff is happening in Knoxville this weekend. It is going to be a madhouse. It's going to be a great scene at Neyland Stadium for the game. It's going to be a terrific scene all over Knoxville all weekend. I'm looking forward to it. And to me, once again, not to get too reflective, it just represents a chance for Tennessee. And I, I can't say that I felt like they've had a chance in a long time, regardless of what happens. There's actual stakes in this game with two undefeated teams. And I'm not going into it feeling like Tennessee is going to get blown off the field. And th that's got to be because you feel like in certain areas they do have an advantage. Where where do the Vols have an advantage against the Tide? It's really hard to figure that out. Uh, and I was scouring the numbers, getting ready for this show, thinking where can Tennessee press some advantage? Bama is fifth nationally against the pass. So what I'm saying sounds crazy because they've been good against the pass. But against Texas, Quinn Ewers was 9 for 12, averaging over 11 yards per completion before he got hurt in that close loss for Texas. Haynes King, who was injured for half the game, passed for 253 against this Bama defense. So even though they're fifth nationally, their schedule has not been great. Arkansas is not a good passing team with K.J. Jefferson and did not pass well in that game. They have wins over Vanderbilt, Utah State. None of these teams could pass on, on Bama. But when tested, Quinn Ewers and then Haynes King, they gave up some through the air. This is a different type of test with Hendon Hooker and these receivers. So as crazy as it sounds against the, the, a team that's ranked fifth against the pass nationally, I think Tennessee could have an advantage through the air in this game, only based off what I've seen Bama do against legitimate quarterbacks so far this season. Chad, the, the Jalen McCullough incident is strange. There, there's clearly another side to that story, and we, we haven't heard that yet. But but assuming he is out, how does that change the secondary for the Vols defense? Yeah, and for those not familiar with the story, uh, essentially uh, a young guy uh, walked out of an apartment, was intoxicated, confused, walked back to the wrong apartment after going to his car, knocked on the door, eventually opened an unlocked door. That was Jalen McCullough's apartment. And he claims that Jalen McCullough followed him out after exchanging words, punched him. He fell down a flight of stairs. Teeth were missing. Bad scene. 
does not look good for Jalen McCullough that his girlfriend was there helping the victim uh, at the bottom of the stairs when the cops arrived after this whole situation. But it's also a very odd story that I feel like we're going to get another side to at some point. Either way, uh, I'm assuming that Tank McCall is not going to be playing in, in this game. Uh, maybe they kind of do a wait and see and we'll, you know, see what the legal system says and get his side. I, I don't know, but I'm assuming he's not going to play. So what does that mean for Tennessee secondary? They're going to get faster in the secondary. Uh, that's what I think it means. Jalen McCullough is a good run-stopping. I mean, he's called Tank for a reason. He's a big hitter, a good run-stopping safety. He's got veteran experience, been around the program for a while. He's not fast. So Tennessee can match with a little bit more speed now, whether that be shifting Christian Charles to safety from corner, bringing in D. Williams if he's a week healthier now, who, oh, by the way, looked really good on one punt return against LSU on Saturday. But getting the JUCO transfer back, maybe they can move him to corner. There's some options there for Tennessee. Their secondary play has not been very good. A big part of that is a lack of speed in the secondary. A big part of that lack of speed, quite frankly, is Jalen McCullough. So him being out, maybe they get a little faster. They're not going to have the experience. Uh, maybe they, there's a bust in this game that wouldn't otherwise happen. But I do think they have an opportunity to get some more speed in the secondary if he's out. Bryce Young is back, and the reigning Heisman Trophy winner has has been good when he's healthy. And he was good against Tennessee a year ago in different ways. You, you mentioned earlier you've got some some numbers and how Alabama did what they did to Tennessee. What would you find? Well, in this, a lot of this has to do with Bryce Young and Alabama, and especially their receivers uh, a year ago, which the receiving core is not as good this year as it was last year. Still, still really good and really talented. Tennessee got eviscerated on third down, 15 for 20 for the game. Third and long, third and short, did not matter. Tennessee's in a weird spot where I feel like they're better off on third and short when teams are compelled to run it against them than they are third and long. I think third and 13 is worse for Tennessee than third and two uh, with the way this defense plays. Um, but Alabama and Bryce Young shredded Tennessee's defense on third down. They racked up 574 yards a year ago. A big part of that was the 15 for 20 on third downs and extending drives. But Bryce Young ran the ball effectively. Two rushing touchdowns a year ago in this game. And he got out of the pocket a number of times and was able to beat Tennessee with his legs. That's something Tennessee's been good at this year. They really limited Anthony Richardson running the ball. They limited Jaden Daniels running the ball. Uh, so when they faced a mobile quarterback, they've looked good. Um, you don't expect Bryce Young to be the, the, the most mobile of quarterbacks, but keep in mind, the play of their season so far was him getting away from pressure and having that big run against Texas that set up the game-winning field goal. A year ago against Tennessee, the two rushing touchdowns I just mentioned. So that's something to watch for Bryce Young. Tennessee's going to play a, a lot of zone coverage. They're, they're going to drop a lot of guys into coverage. That's going to set up the possibility for Bryce Young to do some things with his legs. So Bryce Young, obviously a great player, the, the Heisman Trophy winner. But something that's not talked about a lot with him is his ability to run. I, I'm, I'm watching that on Saturday as a possible X factor for Alabama. Before we get to our predictions, uh, a, a quick discussion on this point for Saturday. Tell me if I'm crazy. Okay. Saban's, Saban's the GOAT, right? I don't think Tennessee gets out coached in this game, coach for coach. And, and that is a, it's a great sign to have a year and a half in with Josh Heupel and to be able to say that, I, I do not get the sense that he's intimidated one bit. In fact, I, this also may sound crazy. I think Alabama's more concerned with what Tennessee might do than what Tennessee's worried about Alabama doing. I, I realize there's a formula to beat the tide, and it's very difficult to pull off. But I, I think the, the preparation to get ready for a Josh Heupel coach team is unlike anything I would have predicted in October of year two of his tenure here. I'm completely with you. I think his personality and attitude about showing up to work and just going about your business and having fun doing it and not being nervous and scared and not yeah. squeezing the life out of the moment that you would see with Butch Jones, just white knuckling it to the very end. That, that's really permeated across this entire roster. Tennessee plays loose. If they lose on Saturday, it's not because they're scared. It's not because they're out coached in this game. Nick Saban is objectively the better, more proven coach in this matchup, obviously. Yes. But I'm with you, Hudden. I don't think Tennessee's losing this game because of some big coaching disadvantage because Josh Heupel is going to unabashedly be himself at all times, and that, that's refreshing. I think he's going to be himself. He's going to play loose. They're going to go for it on fourth down. They're going to take big chances down the field. He's going to coach this game like he would any other game, and that's to Tennessee's advantage. How do you think it goes Saturday? Really been going back and forth on this in my head. Um, I think Alabama wins it. I'm going to go 38-30 as the final score. I think Tennessee gets to 30-plus points for a ninth straight game. I just think Bryce Young coming back 
we got to keep in mind the fact that Alabama is still just wildly more talented sure. than Tennessee. I think Tennessee's offensive system is superior right now to Alabama's with how they're running their offense, but it's not going to make up for it. What, what is a talent gap between these two teams and a depth gap between these two teams. So I think Alabama gets it done 38-30. I'm with you. I think this is a classic college football game, um, meaning it's going to be a blast. They're, the formula to beat Bama, though, is Bama has to help you a bit. They, they've got to beat themselves some. Now, they're good enough to overcome those errors. They turned it over four times, missed two field goals against AM last week. Still won the game. Um, but AM had a chance, regardless, at the very end. I think Tennessee will have those moments in the fourth quarter, but they they there will be moments where they're trying to keep things going at midfield like we saw last year. And I think Alabama's just too good in those moments to let one slip by. I, I think we look at this Bama team and say, oh, this this is a, resembles a bit of what we saw a year ago because of the quarterback and because of the talent on defense. And that's not knocking Tennessee at all. I think Tennessee plays up a level from what we've seen. They hit the national stage. I just think Bama overcomes that because they tend to overcome those issues I'm picking Bama, but I think Tennessee uh, – I, I don't think Bama covers. I think Tennessee falls by six or less with right now the spread being seven. I cannot wait for kickoff. It's weird to say it, Hutton, but it does feel like Bama is due a great performance this season. Yes, Because yes. <laughs> we haven't seen it yet. I, I feel like it's going to happen at some point. Maybe it happened Saturday, but they're due – uh, a vintage Bama performance in a game, and, and it could be this weekend. Can't say the same for the Titans. I don't know if the Titans are due for a beautiful performance, you know, getting back on the right foot. However, they're they're winning regardless of how it looks. Three straight, a game above 500 now, entering the bye. We will talk Tennessee Titans football next on the Tennessee Power Hour, served by Nelson's Greenbrier, Tennessee Whiskey. The Tennessee Power Hour. Get Jonathan Hutton's breakdown of this week's Titans matchup next. Cheers, Hutt. Cheers, Withrow. And cheers to brothers Andy and Charlie Nelson. After a chance encounter, they dedicated their lives to resurrecting the family business, Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery. And what they found is that whiskey runs in their blood. Made in Nashville, Tennessee, Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey is a taste of home with a real Nashville story. Head to GreenbrierDistillery.com for cocktail recipes and more info. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey and Nelson Brothers Bourbon now available throughout the great state of Tennessee. So ask for it at your favorite store. Get you some Greenbrier. Nelson's Greenbrier reminds you to drink responsibly. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, 45.5% alcohol by volume. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside Nashville. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. They've been locally owned since 1983, and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right, and you'll always get the best price. I know because my family has been buying from them for years. So call Two Rivers Ford today at toll-free 800-900-1000. Hello, Tennessee Power Hour listeners. My name is Hunter Briley, and I am with Regal Realty Group. And my name is Richard Van Clive. I'm also with Regal Realty Group. And we are great friends that treat our clients like great friends, because that's how we want to be treated. We are also born and raised here in Middle Tennessee and support our local team. And with an economy that's affecting everything except the real estate market, it's important to do business with friends that can tell you what's what. From contract to closing, everything in between we have you covered go to regalrg.com to get started and happy football season hey it's hutton get prepared for your next tailgate with my friends at edley's barbecue you've got options wings in 25 or 50 count platters smoked pulled pork the best brisket tender turkey and scratch made sides family style edley's is perfect on game day or for take home edley's barbecue smokes all meats low and slow and all sides are classic family recipes fresh every day edley's is a tribute to all things southern and authentic to all things tennessee nashville style barbecue edley's barbecue order at edleysbbq.com. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. 
Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. From Knoxville to Nashville, Titans news and analysis on the Tennessee Power Hour. Let's talk some Titans on the Tennessee Power Hour, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. Enjoy responsibly. 45.5% alcohol by volume. Get you some Greenbrier. Do it. Do it. Get you some Greenbrier. You're going to love it. Chad Withrow with Jonathan Hutton talking Titans. And Hutton, I feel like uh, we're a broken record at this point. But once again, we're talking about a Titans win. It wasn't pretty but they found a way against the commanders. Yeah, yet again, I mean, it's a lot like last year. After the game ends immediately, I'm thinking, how did the Titans pull this off? Because throughout the game, mentally, I'm, I'm thinking of this is the decision or this is the play or this is the three and out that has them doomed. And they overcome it yet again, getting their third win of the season. It's incredible. Also incredible. Two Rivers Ford. Yes. And they sponsor our first Titan segment every week. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order from Two Rivers Ford just outside Nashville in Mount Juliet. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. They've been locally owned since 1983, and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right, and you'll always get the best price. I know because my family's been buying there for years. In fact, we just bought a vehicle from Two Rivers Ford just about a month ago. So call Two Rivers Ford today at toll-free 800-900-1000. That's 800-900-1000. All right, Hutton, talking Titans now. Defense gave up a few big plays, but when it counted, they also came up big, especially in the end. After Washington scored, Chad, to make it a 10-7 game, their drives went like this. Punt, end of half, punt, turnover on downs, touchdown, two other punts, and then an interception. That means the defense got stops on seven of the last eight possessions of the game. The Washington offense was more bust than boom, and they hit a little bit of boom on Sunday. And that almost won them the game, but it was the Titans' defense that that did not allow that to happen. The Commanders created five explosive plays for just under 200 yards total, and the other 53 plays totaled 189 yards. They bent. They did not break from the Titans' perspective. And the bottom line is they only allowed 17 points in this game. That's the same as the week prior against Indianapolis. They allowed only 22 points to Vegas. They are finding critical stops, none bigger than the interception by David Long Jr. at the goal line to end the game. And Vrabel told us, um, we I, I should have thought about this in the moment. Vrabel last week told the media that the one thing that he was studying on Washington was which running back was in the game and what the offense did based on the back. And David Long at the in the locker room, acknowledged the fact that because McKissick was in, they knew what was going to happen. And I, I love that. They they came in prepared. This is this is, is a credit to Vrabel and the defensive staff with Shane Bowen. They they knew it the same way Saban knew what was going to happen on the final play at Texas AM. Not necessarily where the ball's going to go. But they knew based on the back what to expect from a linebacker perspective, and it turns out to win the game for the Titans on the road. Yeah, huge performance defensively and, and came up with, with what they needed. And I guess the same could be said about the offense. 
really difficult to watch at times. <laughs> uh, we're discussing this each and every week, right, about the offense, but they found a way to get enough points to win the game, I guess is what we can say about the Titans offensively. Is this method of offense with their personnel sustainable throughout the season? I don't know about that. You know, like it, there's a part of me that says this cannot last where they're going to it, – it's going to be such – a long stretch between points, especially in the second half. But for this off, I mean, every point matters with this offense. The Titans had three drives that reached the red zone. They finished all three of those drives with touchdowns. Had they kicked a field goal on any of those possessions, I think we have a, a vastly different result on Sunday. And th that's because they're not in rhythm consistently. They're, they're not moving the football throughout the game like we are like we're seeing whenever they actually get in rhythm on these long possessions the titans uh, 11 other possessions that did not reach the red zone gained a total of 33 yards you pointed out last week on the the tennessee power hour last week was a similar story with what we saw in the second half five times this season chad a team has won a game in the nfl with less than 250 yards of, of total offense. The Titans are the only team to do it twice, and both of those victories are on the road. They they get it done against Washington. I don't think you're doing that. Where they're certainly not doing it against Buffalo, and I don't think they're doing that against the top teams in each division unless they're getting a stellar performance defensively and short fields on some cases to flip the flip the the the, the field in time of possession that's what they need and they they've got to have some receiver play and they're not getting that right now the best receivers are in the backfield what does this offense do well at this point Hutton? well they're really good in they're they're really good in the red zone but to take it a step further i to give Todd Downing credit and I, I give Downing as much grief as anyone, just like everyone listening to this podcast. But I think he's done a nice job in the area of scheming up the running backs in the passing game. An acknowledgement that they've got to have those guys produce, not just on carries, but on receptions. Passing to the backs produces positive yardage. It's a quick passing game that helps pass protection, which has been a huge issue, especially this past week. And it gets their playmakers in the open field, especially Henry matched up most likely against a smaller defender. But Dontrell Hilliard leads the team in touchdown receptions, three touchdown catches. That's tied for the NFL lead right now amongst running backs. He's second on the team in receiving yards and catches. Henry is fourth on that list as the leading receiver through five games. And, and we know the passing game is ugly. I'm not saying the passing game is is a positive, but passing out of the backfield has been effective with now Burks on injured reserve, Phillips banged up. The tight ends are mostly invisible to this point. The running backs move the chains. And I like the, the play design, like on the Hilliard touchdown, Downing deserves a lot of credit for that because I do think they have done a great job matching him up against a weakness for the opposing defense in three of the games we've seen him play. We're going to ask the question, why can't the Titans get Derrick Henry going for all four quarters and assess where this team is now heading into the bye week? That's when we come back. This is Tennessee Power Hour served up by Nelson's Greenbrier, Tennessee, was from Knoxville to Nashville. Titans news and analysis on the Tennessee Power Hour. Cheers, Hunt. Cheers, Withrow. And cheers to brothers Andy and Charlie Nelson. After a chance encounter, they dedicated their lives to resurrecting the family business, Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery. And what they found is that whiskey runs in their blood. Made in Nashville, Tennessee, Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey is a taste of home with a real Nashville story. Head to GreenbrierDistillery.com for cocktail recipes and more info. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey and Nelson Brothers Bourbon now available throughout the great state of Tennessee. So ask for it at your favorite store. Get you some Greenbrier. Nelson's Greenbrier reminds you to drink responsibly. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, 45.5% alcohol by volume. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside Nashville. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. 
They've been locally owned since 1983, and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right, and you'll always get the best price. I know because my family has been buying from them for years. So call Two Rivers Ford today at toll-free 800-900-1000. Hello, Tennessee Power Hour listeners. My name is Hunter Briley, and I am with Regal Realty Group. And my name is Richard Van Clive. I'm also with Regal Realty Group. And we are great friends that treat our clients like great friends. Because that's how we want to be treated. We are also born and raised here in Middle Tennessee and support our local team. And with an economy that's affecting everything except the real estate market, it's important to do business with friends that can tell you what's what. From contract to closing, everything in between we have you covered go to regalrg.com to get started and happy football season Hey, it's Hutton. Get prepared for your next tailgate with my friends at Edley's Barbecue. You've got options. Wings in 25 or 50 count platters, smoke pulled pork, the best brisket, tender turkey, and scratch made sides family style. Edley's is perfect on game day or for take home. Edley's Barbecue smokes all meats low and slow and all sides are classic family recipes, fresh every day. Edley's is a tribute to all things Southern and authentic to all things Tennessee. Nashville style barbecue, Edley's Barbecue. Order at at edleysbbq.com. Out of the gates and ready to go. They've got Christian McCaffrey. They have DJ Moore, who they're probably trying to trade now. Robbie Anderson at wide receiver. They need some pieces in the offensive line, yes. But uh, they are also been really bad at QB and not able to get anything consistently going. For whatever reason, they never truly threw the checkbook at anyone. And maybe that's to their credit. They didn't go after Carson Wentz. Like, there are other examples of where it hasn't worked out. But Carolina, I mean, they didn't jump to the top of the... They had their option. They could have had Kenny Pickett, chose not to, this past year. The only two we heard about, Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers, but Rodgers wasn't leaving unless you were giving him 50 million plus and something for Green Bay. That's the only argument I could make for Matt Rule is the owner continued to talk about investing in quarterback. He was left with Baker Mayfield in July. Outkick 360, weekday afternoons on your home for the Outkick Network. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This is the Tennessee Power Hour with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. Tennessee Power Hour, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. Enjoyed responsibly, 45.5% alcohol by volume. As we talk Titans, I'm getting thirsty thinking about Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. Hutton, you know what would go great with some of that Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey? Some outstanding barbecue, and you've got the place to go get it. Edley's Barbecue, Nashville-style barbecue, authentic to Tennessee. Edley'sBBQ.com is where to go to find all the locations and to set up your next tailgate. Chad and I are always going to give you great advice on great places to go for things that you're doing over the weekend. Make sure you include Edley's Barbecue in your weekend plans and as you set up your next tailgate, pregame or postgame. 25 or 50-count platters. Um, you've got the wings that go with all of that, with the smoke pulled pork, the best brisket, tender turkey, scratch made sides, and that's always family style. It, it's perfect for game day or for take home during the week. And the portions are so large, you're going to have leftovers to where you can split up some meals throughout the week. It's it's delicious. They smoke all their meats low and slow. All the sides are classic family recipes, fresh every day, and they strive to serve the best food. And they do it one plate at a time. Edley's has a neighborhood feel. They're a tribute to all things Southern, authentic to all things Tennessee. Nashville-style barbecue is Edley's Barbecue. You can order at edleysbbq.com. Titans are now 3-2, and two, Hutton. After that 0-2 start, they've, they've got their feet under them now at this point in the season. 
Schedule's about to get tougher, but they're over 500. When you compare this team to last year's team around this point in time, what do you see with this group? Well, they're winning, right? I mean, they're winning as they try to figure things out. And that was kind of the, to me, that was a a vibe last year where they end up with 12 wins and you felt like, well, they're the number one seed, but man, this, this, this was a weird year where they're going through all the injuries. This year is different because I don't think they have the pieces in place up front of the offensive line or at receiver. And like it or not, the Titans are going to play this style right now. It's not going to be pretty or flashy. It's not highlight reel material. But they're winning games while they continue to find solutions in areas where they should be better, quite frankly. There, there are plenty of issues. And, and on a weekly basis, you know, I like to say they stand on an edge of a cliff and you're, wait, you're waiting to see which way their momentum takes them. But like last season, they stack wins doing this. And no one needs to apologize for that in October. We're going to judge them in the postseason. But if you really think about where they are, they're a field goal away from being four and one. And they enter the bye week atop the division with two divisional opponents on the horizon where they can really grab hold of the AFC South. They'll come out of the bye week against Indy, and then they turn around and play Houston. And I I look at that, Chad, I look at their schedule and think, they're okay right now. They've had some, you know, they're blown out in Buffalo, and since then, they're 3-0, and they've set themselves up now for 12 straight games on the other side of the bye where they're in contention, not just for the AFC South, but they can be one of those teams that host a game in the AFC, believe it or not. Yeah, and they're in a good spot, too, to you know get to 5-2 and two with that schedule yeah. you just mentioned yes. and, and win five straight games. So uh, that's certainly not a bad thing in, in this league. Um, bye week's also a time to try to figure some things out ab- about your team. What should the Titans try to figure out during this bye week? Well, I, first and foremost, they will return from the bye healthier. That's number one. Um, th- th- let's just quickly go through it. Amani Hooker has been in protocol. He should be. He should have a chance coming off the bye play. Bud Dupree could be back in the lineup on October the 23rd. Maybe Monty Rice. We haven't seen him yet. Maybe he can make his debut. He will help depth-wise at linebacker and on certain packages. They can also use a little boost from him on special teams. And then offensively, you know, it's it's a great week of rest for Kyle Phillips, who has that shoulder issue. Nate Davis missed a game this past week as a bit of a surprise as he warmed up. Racy McMath, I think, has a chance to come back too. But this is also uh, every year, and every team's doing this, a time for every staff to figure out and self-evaluate what's worked and maybe more importantly, why other things have not worked. They've got to protect their quarterback. That is priority number one on the issues to me. He was sacked five times on Sunday. He boarded the flight without making the injury list. And I don't know how much longer he can continue to get knocked around and we see him continue to get back up. They need to make sure that they protect him as much as possible uh, and much as much as within their power. Quarterbacks get hit, they get sacked. But it's too much for for Tannehill right now. He needs to stay upright. And when he's given time, he's shown us he will stay in the pocket and take a hit. You know, on that 61-yarder to Nick Westbrook-Akina, that was after he had been knocked around and sacked like four times in the game. And he still stood in the pocket, stepped up, climbed the pocket, delivered the throw as he was being hit. I, I like seeing that from Tannehill. That gives a boost of energy to an offense, knowing that your quarterback's not going to bail when it's been a tough day, that that also pairs well pass protection with their offensive identity behind Derrick Henry. And they've got to figure out how to get him going throughout the game and not just in the first half. So Titans going into the bye, but when they come back from the bye, they get Indy at home in a big AFC South game. And Hutton, is there a chance that we see history made at Nissan Stadium in that game? Yeah. Um, I was talking with Eddie George this past week. He leads the the franchise in touchdowns by running backs. Um, he is second to Earl Campbell and now Derrick Henry, who is tied with Earl Campbell for second. And Henry is one touchdown run away from tying Eddie George's record of seventy three. That's going to happen. And I, I told, I, I said this to Eddie. I said, Eddie, you're 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 not going to say it. 
you, I'm sure you acknowledge this, but you're not going to say it publicly. You are the bar for the players that have been through the franchise, right? Like when you think of all time greats, we're thinking of McNair and Eddie, and it's been Eddie on the mantle over the last 20 years. And you've got Henry now who's about to surpass that mark. When you think of what he meant to that era of the Titans and what Henry means to this era and their connection um, with the, the classic famous phone call that Eddie made to him that sparked Henry in some way right before he took off as the franchise back to now, that's going to be cool because I, I, I'm, I'm one, I try to figure out what we're seeing in real time so I can appreciate it more. And fan or not, if you just take the, the hat off and you just look at the numbers and look at what his production, he's been phenomenal. And not only has he been really good uh, throughout the course of the year, he's been big over these three wins as they've been able to stack this without without playing all that well offensively. He had at least 28 carries 13 times in his career in a game, and the Titans are now 12-1 and when he reaches that mark. That's also reminiscent of Eddie George-type production. That one loss, by the way, Chad, to the Jets last season. Besides that, when he has 28-plus, they're winning games, and they got to that mark last week. And he can tie Eddie George and surpass him with a couple of touchdowns against Indianapolis. And if he gets that, they're they're sweeping the Colts yet again. Mr. Titan, Eddie George, no doubt about it. Uh, fun show this week. When we come back a week from now, we will be recapping Tennessee, Alabama. We'll have a full Tennessee UT Martin preview for you. It's going to be the best UT Martin <laughs> info you're going to get anywhere on the internet, on radio, at any time will be next week. And we will have a full Titans Colts at Nissan Stadium preview ready for you. Huge thanks to our sponsors, Edley's Barbecue, Two Rivers Ford, Regal Realty Group, and of course, our presenting sponsor, Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. Enjoy responsibly. 45.5% alcohol by volume. Get you some Greenbrier. We're having fun with this show. We'll keep it going. We're not leaving. Tennessee Power Hour, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. We'll be back next week.